Get ready. You're about to enter the Renzo Republic. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the one, the only Remso Republic podcast, broadcasting you from coast to coast, from the one and only Commonwealth of Virginia. Tip of the hat to LRN.FM Auto Radio and the Self Defense Radio Network. We love you. Yeah, that's right, Blaze. I'm a little bit bitter these days, especially since people keep coming up to me and they're like, "So did you get on the Blaze? Did you replace Tommy Land? Are you gonna go move to Austin and do a show up Glenn Beck?" It's like, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. It's it's been months now. But hey, I, I love our new syndicators and networks. Love y'all. As always, I'm Remso W. Martinez. Great to have you on the show, old and new listeners alike. It's been a wonderful season. We have been busting our monthly download records consecutively since the season started in January. We've had some phenomenal guests, and I'm so happy to have you all here to kind of come, you know, listen to the culmination of a large, large, you know, kind of. How do I put it? Kind of like an uh, undertone, if you will, if you've been listening to uh, the season so far. Nothing major. You don't have to go back and listen to all the Easter eggs and all that stuff. But this is something that is as relevant, you know, six months ago, and it will be relevant probably six months later. It is about something that I've been trying to take a balance with, but I don't think I can anymore. And... Yeah, for some of you that have been saying, oh, now you're just one of those crazy, evil, right-wing talk show hosts that I've been avoiding this entire time. Oh, now you don't want to make freedom fun and all that jazz, Remso, you've sold out your fake news. Well, I've got to bring it up eventually, or else I'm just going to go all crazy Alex Jones and rip my shirt off and throw stuff at the TV and go you know, run in the street naked like that dude that did Coney 2012. I saw that video the other day. That guy's never going to live that down. It's absolutely sad. Anyway, what am I dodging here? I'm talking about the fascists. That's right. The fascists and the Antifa and the alt-right and the progressives and the modern-day feminist movement and insert crazy new subgroup here. And it's just like, what the hell do people do in their free time that makes them so angry? that they start attacking people, that they start viciously going after people, that they just want to completely force their way of life upon you. I don't, I don't get it. And for the most part, you know, I've, I've always been kind of a black sheep in the mix. I've always kind of stayed out of, you know, the left attacks the right, the right attacks the left thing, because, you know, it's, it's pretty funny when you're a libertarian, you get to see everyone kind of lob bombs at each other. But Recently, now the Antifa or Antifa, you know, the the people that need safe spaces, but they'll put on a mask and go, you know, shoot you at rallies if you say something they don't like. They're they're going after libertarians now. And I knew this was going to happen eventually, whether it was going to actually be a physical altercation or whether it was going to be something else insane. It's finally come home to roost and now we can't hide from it anymore luckily they've kind of left me alone the past couple weeks 
they attacked me a little bit after CPAC, but now they're going after the libertarian movement as a whole, and hey, it was going to happen eventually. I'm not going to be the one to talk to you about that, though, tonight. We've got the director of Florida Libertarian Pack, Dana Moxley Cummings, coming on to kind of bring up her experience and everything going on. Dana, welcome to the show. It's great to have you on. Oh, thank you. It's always great to talk to you. Thank you. Especially thank you. about all this lovely crazies on the outskirts, fringes of society that like to, like you said, pick fights with people for no reason. Well, they probably have a reason in their mind, but. Isn't it always <laughs> nice to get attention from psychos? <laughs> yeah, it's really, I mean, I know I didn't realize how that there were so many out there until we got this whole social media thing going on, <laughs> but it's definitely brought them all to the surface. That's for sure. Definitely. So it's, what, you know, what, what's been going on really? I mean, some people are well, saying it's really bad. Some people are saying just ignore it, but I mean, this stuff, it was going to happen eventually. Yeah. And I say both, I say it's really bad and we should ignore it. I mean, you know, this Eventually, I was chairman of the Florida Libertarian Party in 2012 to 2015. And before I was leaving office, there was some people that would come. To, I mean, a lot of people would contact me about running for different positions throughout the state, different offices. And I was taking the position at the end of my term that the party should not support anyone running for an office higher than state house. Because at this point, we've learned our lessons. We've ran very successful campaigns for Senate in 2010, for governor in 2014, for uh, state attorney in, two, in 2014, for congressional seats in 2014, special elections. That We've done it all here. And we do it well. And we aren't winning at those seats. So let's take a lesson, learn that, and get local. Like we always say, bottom up. Libertarians are all about bottom up, bottom up. And I'm 100% behind that. I agree. So I was taking the stance of anyone that comes to me run, wanting to run for office, no, as a party, we should support local candidates first. So that was all I said. And someone by the name of Augustus Invictus approached me. Now, let's just say I wasn't saying that. I, I wasn't just trying to focus on local elections. As the state chair of a Libertarian Party, when someone comes to you with the name Augustus Sol Invictus and wanting to run for office, it's kind of a red flag right there. That's not being, you know, there's nothing personal. That's just from a political science perspective of what people like at the polls, you know, what you like. I that mean, it is, it is Florida. It is Florida. It is Florida. So we'll give it, you know, give us a little bit of, you know, we got a little bit of that part. But, you know, that was, so I kind of said, no, we're not going to support you. I wish you would run for a local office. Consider that. Goodbye. And that was the end of it. Then at our convention, I was stepping down. I had just had a baby a week, a couple weeks before the convention. And um, the chairman that was the chairman before me, Adrian Wiley, who was also our gubernatorial candidate in 2014, very successful campaign, almost over a quarter, a quarter million votes he got here in Florida. It was great. <clears throat> um, he was very against Augustus Invictus and spoke. He was he elected chairman and he spoke very outspokenly against Augustus, kind of attackingly. And. That's that was his style. I didn't agree with it. I agree with Adrian on mo almost everything that he does, but I did not agree with his approach on that. But that's what he did. And the party didn't agree with it. And it caused him to abandon his seat. And that caused many people on the executive committee to jump ship. And a whole bunch of other stuff happened here that I, and I kind of stepped back as well, just because the party had taken got under leadership of someone that just grabbed the seat, a bunch of stuff that no one wants to hear about internal party nonsense. So now we have our new our convention coming up for 2017, and 
the Antifa movement, uh, specifically a page called Libertarians Against Fascism, which I think is kind of weird because libertarians should be about letting people do what they want unless it's not intruding on us. And, you know, if somebody wants to believe in fascism, that's okay. I mean, I don't think they're practicing. I mean, they're practicing it. That's another story, of course. I mean, it's like, but, you know, libertarians against this, libertarians against that. Right. I, they, they can call themselves libertarians and they could say they're against fascism. But ultimately, what we've seen around the country is that they're really anti-liberty and their methods are inherently fascist. Of course. And they just someone there's some um, website out there that's from an unknown author that recently threatened all of the libertarians in Florida who weren't actively combative against the so-called fascist or even admitted fascist. I don't even know what you want to call them, but, you know, they're coming after us for not being aggressive against them when they haven't, as far as I know, aggressed upon me or any of the libertarians in Florida. I haven't seen any aggression. I mean, I'm wait. I mean, I, people have thrown out a lot of stuff, but in my mind, I think that all the all the attention we give these people just gives the whole thing a bunch more attention and taints the, all the good stuff that we've been trying to do. And so I'm pretty much here, you know, to stay, to talk for the people that the real libertarians out there. <laughs> like I hope that some of them are still exist. I mean, you know, I became a libertarian because I really love the philosophy. I really live by the philosophy. I believe in the non-aggression principle. And I think that that is the way to go. And that's why I, I have that, that philosophy and I'm involved in the party. And I don't like, you know, I, this whole, all this stuff coming in is just, it really is sad because there's so much good stuff happening in the party and the growth is so tremendous. It really can't be stopped. And these people come in and just, and we let it happen. And I just want to tell everybody out there to just stop spreading this stuff around. Like, forget these people where we, that we use what the attention we give them, they're using as fuel to boost themselves. And we don't want that. So just leave them alone. They're attention whores. I mean, here's the, here's the biggest thing, though. I mean, they're going up against libertarians who are people that are saying they're members of the Libertarian Party who are pushing for fascist tendencies. It's like one. I mean, I'm, I'm not belittling anybody, but I mean, come on. The odds of one, a libertarian being elected right now enacting a fascist policy. I mean, that that alone, it's like that's like being the most ultra nitpicky nitpicker I've ever heard of. Right. And like I said, we've we've tried to run the libertarians at these higher levels of, of office. We just don't have the money to do that. So if you want to try to win a seat in your local city council and turn the city into a fascist city, go ahead and try that. Like you said, I mean, like that's I don't know what you know, we're we're trying to get elected at the local level here. And I don't think we should really be concerned with people coming in that are that have these fascist beliefs taking over our party. Like, what does that say about us? I mean, if people really want to fight against a fascist city, they can go to Detroit or Chicago or Burlington or Seattle or Baltimore (laughs) or New York or uh, DC. I mean, it's, uh, this is why people don't want to talk to us. (laughs) I know. And it's, I mean, it's why I don't want to talk to us. (laughs) Like, It's kind of like, you know, like the biggest problem we have is, is all this stuff and it's but that stuff's always going to be there it's there in other parties this stuff threatens all the parties but what we need to learn to do is just stop like you need to get out of our heads and we need to just get out on the streets and get out in the communities and just work if we were out there doing the work that we needed to do we wouldn't have time to be the keyboard commandos at home online writing up articles about bashing this person and that person and putting out these 
threats of burning down. Oh, you're going to come to Florida and burn down the hotel in Cocoa Beach. Let's see that happen. I don't I mean, I'm not, you know, I don't think that's going to happen. Like, this is so bizarre and ridiculous. And it's embarrassing. And and we should be better than this. We are better than this. And the people that are, are just, they don't want to come out and say stuff because that's how I felt. I mean, I don't like to come out there and even talk about this because it's like dirty words, you know? It's like, just, why do we want to talk about all of our problems? Like, let's talk about all the great things that we're doing. Like, you know, down in Miami-Dade County, we have, we're electing a lot of like, a lot of libertarians office that are doing great things. We have a city councilman in Marco, Marco beach. I mean, we're electing people to office and they're getting stuff done and we should focus on that all around the country. I'm sure this is happening. And, you know, talking about these little extreme groups that have been around forever and are going to continue to be around forever. It's not, it doesn't seem like that's making progress. Exactly. Dana, we're going to keep this conversation going, but first we're going to go ahead and hit our first commercial break. Folks, hang on tight. You're listening to the Remso Republic. We'll be back in a moment. The voice of the Liberty Generation, Remzo W. Martinez. Take the show on the go by subscribing to the Remzo Republic on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, and YouTube. Don't be left out. Hey everyone, the Johnny Rocket Launchpad is Liberty. Each week we strive to bring you the best guests in talk radio. The Johnny Rocket Launchpad delivers weekly interviews of noteworthy politicians, experts, and activists. The Johnny Rocket Launchpad is bringing the party to the Libertarian Party and launching ideas in your direction. Check us out at johnnyrocketlaunchpad.com. You can hear me, Kurt Nelson, and the beautiful Heather Nixon talk about the ideas of liberty, rock and roll. Hey guys, Tim Preuss here, and I wanted to take a minute and invite you to stop over to PreussPodcast.com and give our show a listen. We've got in-depth commentary on the issues that matter to you. These hookers. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking whores are out there. These hookers, man, I tell you. Yeah, that's like the most contact I've had with the hooker. (laughs) Them yelling at you. Them yelling at me on Twitter. (laughs) We break down the most pressing issues of our time. This large lady with, like, tight clothing on. Not appropriately linked tight clothing either. And we get the most intelligent analysis from friends of ours like Jeffrey Tucker. Uh, you pulled over engine trouble and, and what happened, what happened? Uh, I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's, uh, oh, I, oh, God. Seriously, though, we love putting on a show that both entertains and educates. We're growing and we'd be thrilled if you joined us. Check out PreussPodcast.com for more. That's P-R-E-U-S-S podcast.com. Make sure to visit libertarianwingmedia.com, where you can find articles written by libertarians all over the world on all of today's issues. Check out our podcast network with monthly and weekly podcasts. Check out our libertarian t-shirt store with t-shirts like Make Markets Free Again and Make Markets Not War. And you too can become an author at Libertarian Wing Media and write what you want, when you want. Just email alexmerced at alexmerced.com. Thank you very much. All 
everyone. Welcome back. We have Dana Moxley Cummings from the Florida Libertarian Pack out in Florida, in case you couldn't get to Florida earlier. I, I've been thinking of Florida a lot lately. I don't know why. Maybe I need a vacation. Come on down. <laughs> uh, I need a break. I need a break. But but speaking of a break, I mean, we, we've been talking about, you know, the Antifa a little bit, and it's just... Uh, I don't think it's really that big of a topic like right now. I think the news and a lot of, um, you know, a, a lot of the people online who are typically more inclined to talk about this stuff aren't talking about it as much. But I mean, it does bring up a, a good example. You know, there were many, many libertarians, former candidates, you know, activists within the party and not in the party that after Donald Trump was elected, they jumped on this whole, you know, hashtag resistance thing. They were saying, oh, you know, we need to constantly try and, you know, fight back against the oppressors. And, and it's just it's just like, you know what? I, I don't understand this. I think a lot of libertarians, they tend to coddle progressives in a way that I just don't understand. Like, um, you know, I... I don't yeah, get it. I think I think they're co-opting each other, whether it's the libertarians that are jumping on the progressive bandwagon or it's progressives that are trying to get the libertarians because they just need someone else that's new and not burned out by their crazy ideologies to jump in. But right. I mean, no one I don't think people understand what fascism actually is anymore. Right. No, I don't think I don't think a lot of these people understand what libertarian is anymore. <laughs> I feel like, you know. We've got like all these people. They, I think that a lot of people. It's true. I think the Libertarian Party is like vulnerable because we are growing. It's the third largest party out there, and you know a lot of people see that opening and see. Let's get our group involved in this. I mean, they'll 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 take anybody. And you know what? I say we pretty much will. I mean, all you need to do is not initiate aggression. And if whatever you've done in your past, you know, I mean, I voted for people I'm not not happy about. I had policies like stances that now I totally disagree with. We all hopefully continue to grow our views and see, you know, become better. But, you know, that's what you need to think. I mean, people talking online and people saying this and that, it's totally different than actions. And, you know, to have an act of aggression, I think that the act part needs to be emphasized. Like, they need to act aggressively. So if someone's posting pictures of themselves with a tattoo on their arm that you don't agree with, that's to me not an act of aggression. Is that an act of aggression to you? No way. Okay, good. No <laughs> just making sure I'm not the only person here. Because I feel like that's I feel like, you know, and that I don't think is a problem just with libertarians. I think the whole world is just a little too sensitive about things these days. I mean, they're yeah. they're I think we're unsensitive on some things and we're sensitive on, on others. It's like, you know, you know, nobody can disagree with anybody anymore. It's this whole like, you know, oh my goodness. I mean, it's and, crazy, but I mean, talking about this specifically, it's really strange because I was talking to somebody who is now like putting up all these uh, daily costs articles. And when we text, he's asking me why I'm such a, you know, a Trump sellout and a Republican shill and all this jazz <laughs> and that I need to hashtag resist. And I'm just here's what it comes down to. I think, you know, it's not that we're necessarily sense more sensitive to certain things and we're less sensitive about certain things, but. I really think that we fail to look back into our memory and actually learn from past mistakes. Because, oh, I will do that for sure. Yeah, because, I mean, I where were – okay. Th th I mean, p folks, think about it this way. A bunch of liberals are talking about 
Second Amendment rights, secession, federalism, executive orders, all that jazz. And some people who are on our, who are on our team are hearing that, and they're like, oh, now we need to jump with these people and do everything that you know we need to do to you know resist and all this stuff. And it's like, wait a second. They were quiet during Obama. They were quiet during the fact that he was bombing 37 countries at one time, the fact that he helped destabilize Libya, the fact that he was the guy that gave us Obamacare and he got rid of freaking regular light bulbs and he was going after our guns and he tried to boost Common Core through the Department of Education and Big Pharma and all this other stuff. Ugh, and, a bunch of gross stuff. Yeah, and I mean, he's <laughs> like, a, yeah, I mean, no president uh, is perfect, but he really took, you know, the fascist cake to a pretty right. large degree. But they won't talk about that because they're never critical of our sides. And libertarians are critical of everyone. But, I mean, they're letting their emotions dictate everything. And they're jumping with these people that will ultimately, once they get power again, and the Democrats are going to take it one day. It's just a matter of time. They're going to start pushing all their beliefs on us. And then the fascist hat flips. Right. For sure. And that's and the thing is, is that's fine if you do that. And then if you make a mistake, remember it. <laughs> that's all I'm asking. Remember what you do and remember what happens. And don't be afraid. These people need to not be afraid to just step out of the box and do something different. I mean, that's, you know, I mean, I hate, I feel like it's, you know, I'm kind of over to the old, the whole thing with the like libertarians saying, you know, just, just step out of the box, step out of line, make, make that, that third choice. But it is true. I mean, people need to, I feel like a lot of people are just living through fear. They're letting fear make all their choices. And that's, that's no way to be. Exactly. Especially since libertarians have the right solutions. They have the right answers and the right fit for things, because ultimately our solutions are based off peace and putting an emphasis on the individual. That should, I mean, those ideas should sell themselves. Right. I mean, to me, it's, it seems like libertarian solutions are all about peace and logic and, it really, I can't understand when someone can't connect those dots because <laughs> to me, I feel like it's one plus one is two, you know, like I said, like if you don't initiate force or aggression, you're a libertarian. You can defend against aggression and force. That's fine. But if you initiate it, you can't really call yourself a libertarian. So it's just, it's kind of weird when there's people out there that are doing that and referring to themselves as libertarians, you know, it messes up the message for sure. Yeah. Dana, you, you've been a party member way longer than I ever was. I mean, I was only a party member from 2013 through 20, you know, mid mid 2016, like late 2015, late, you know, mid 2016. And um, I mean, I, I was talking to a, a buddy of mine, Josh Carter from the Resistance podcast, not the Resistance, just the Resistance podcast. He was the Resistance before the Resistance became the hashtag Resistance. Uh -huh. Oh, that's a mouthful. But anyway, <laughs> I, I, I asked him towards the end of an interview we did, I asked him, um, you know, do you think that Liberty is going to be more popular now more than it was maybe a couple of years ago? And he said, I see it being the exact same way it has been because these ideas should sell themselves. And ultimately I think that a lot of people that believe in them are in an echo chamber. Do you agree with that? I do. Unfortunately. I mean, it's, I think the only chance we have is the new generation. I mean, the only way we're going to make more people really believe in liberty is by getting to them before they get indoctrinated. I mean, we need to start raising our children to believe that this is to believe these principles. If we don't do that, we, we really don't have a chance. 
In, in terms of the Libertarian Party specifically, I mean, I, I do agree with him. I think that even if you put up a, a boring candidate or a bad candidate or a candidate that doesn't have a personality or something, irregardless, these ideas should sell themselves. So do you think it's really... Right. You know, at the end of the day, we can't blame a specific candidate too much. But do you think it's the voter or do you think it's the message? I think it's the message. I think that I mean, I think it's both. It takes it takes both. Person. I mean, I, like I said, I think that if we train the next generation of voters to understand the principles of liberty better, then we're looking then it's looking up for us. But right now, the voters are who they are and they're likely not going to change the way they think. So we have to work on the message for those voters that are there. But we still can work on the voters that are coming up that aren't voters yet. So I think it takes both sides, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It'll happen. It has to happen. I mean, I'm, I'm an optimist, so I have to think that, you know, that there's ways to improve this. But I'm also a realist, and that's why I'm not a party loyalist, I would say. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm definitely, a, I mean, I'm a, I'm a libertarian in philosophy for the rest of my life. But I was, I was actually an MPA or for my whole life until... 60 days before I decided to run for the Libertarian Party of Florida <laughs> chairman <laughs> because that was in bylaws that I had to be a registered libertarian. And I was like, oh, I guess I'll do this. So that's when I became registered and I haven't changed it since because I believe in the party still. But I'm really not a believer in partisan politics in general. I mean, I think that, you know, the message is more important. The vehicle that gets you there is really not. And liberties, I think that there's liberty in every party. You can find liberty there. It's just the Libertarian Party is all about liberty. And obviously that isn't palatable to the masses at this time. And we're going to keep working on that. Like I said, through the next generation, we need to educate the people that are out there now on how to get the next generation to start that way. And that's what the party's good for. It's good for education. It's good for teaching people how to not only I mean, everything, how to run a campaign. It's good for support and all that stuff. But you know, we're not going to see, I don't believe we're going to see libertarians just jumping into offices and the libertarian party is not going to boot one of these other parties out. And by name, I don't think, I think that we can get libertarians elected, you know, and then start infiltrating like that way. But, you know, it's going to take time. It's all going to take time. Exactly. And it's not really important. You know, if we sit around and worry about which party is getting credit for what, I mean, that's the stuff you can't worry about. You need to just worry about the message. I mean, we need to worry about all that, like the philosophy. We can get it through there. We need to be so, you know, partisan in our like shield. It's not like, oh, well, it needs to be yellow. You know, it's like, you know what? If someone's up there, I don't care what color they are, what sex they are, what party they're from. If they're saying the right thing and they're pro promoting liberty, they're going to get my thumbs up. You know, if they're not, then I don't have anything to do with them. I'm not going to go attacking them. Exactly. <laughs> That's, I think, you know, goes back to the original conversation. Like just people need to stop being on the attack and do their work. Exactly. Dana, we're actually going to go ahead and cut to our final commercial break a little bit earlier since, you know, it's the final episode of the season. I want to give a little bit more time to our final topic. So, folks, hang on tight. You're listening to the Rumsar Republic, and we'll be back after this. We'll be back shortly. Stay up to date with the latest news and updates by visiting RemsoRepublic.com. Make sure to subscribe to all the podcasts on the Libertarian Wing Media Podcast Network on Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher, such as the Alex Merced cast, with interesting interviews with interesting people every week. Breaking progressives, spending time every week breaking down left-wing narratives and showing what's real and what's fake. Economics Why Not, a weekly look at economics and applying economic principles to daily life. 
Better Today, a weekly podcast where we take a look on ways to improve your life and be better today. Libertarian Commons is a podcast where we play audio from the video archives of Alex Merced from his videos dating back to 2008. Liberty Public Access, a podcast where anyone can submit an episode. Submit your episodes to Alex Merced at alexmerced.com. Have you been wanting to start your own podcast? Then subscribe to Podcast and Logging Tips and Tricks, a weekly podcast about how to host your podcast, how to produce your podcast, and how to market your podcast. We'll be adding some monthly podcasts to the lineup soon, including Make Markets Free Again, a monthly look at what's going on in markets and regulation all over the world, and the Free VST podcast, looking at free VST instruments for electronic music producers. Listen to these podcasts by going to libertarianwingmedia.com or subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. And if you enjoy the podcast, tell your friends and leave a positive review on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Welcome back. Dana, earlier in the previous segment, you mentioned that you're an optimist. And, uh, you know, I, I'm trying to become more of one. I, I agree with Glenn Beck. I think I'm kind of a catastrophist sometimes <laughs> because I instantly go not just for the worst outcome possible, but I go for like the most devastating outcome possible when it comes to things. But, uh, you know, I, I've been I've been remembering this quote by Ayn Rand a lot recently, and it's um, can't we love ridiculous things simply because they're beautiful? And when it comes to actually, you know, not just, you know, marketing liberty, but just trying to promote the idea of, you know, we can do things better when we're left alone to voluntarily cooperate with each other to go ahead and create something that no one else has ever thought of to better not just ourselves, but everyone around us. I mean, that's that's ultimately freedom. And I think that doesn't speak a particular language, creed or what have you. And I think that's where it's coming from. So I, I'm just curious, you know, let's say the next year or so, what's something that you're really excited about in terms of, you know, advancing the cause of individualism? Well, well I mean, for me, that's, I mean, it's easy for me because I have two young kids. So to me, every day is so exciting to see advancing the causes of that because I, I mean, I'm watching them and I'm watching them and their friends and all the little kids that are growing up and seeing how, you know, you get to see those kids they don't, they don't understand the state and it's beautiful. I mean, I homeschool my kids. So you need to put I that on a bumper that. sticker. Kids don't <laughs> need to understand the state. <laughs> so true. I mean, whenever I try to explain it to them sometimes, I mean, they never, you know, they'll ask questions and it's like, you know, I want to just, that's the way we all should stay, you know? And, and like I said, I mean, I homeschool my kids. And so we hang out with a bunch of other kids that are all homeschooled and, talking about that quote from Ayn Rand, I mean, that's pretty much what it is. You get to see all these kids doing, like being free, you know, they're out there, they're learning because they want to learn. They're learning what they want to learn. They, they love to do it and they, they do it if you don't force them. That's the same thing. You know, it's the same thing that we say, people will cooperate with their neighbors. You don't need to force them to do it. And you don't need to even force these kids to, to eat the right food or to learn the right stuff. I mean, they, they naturally want to do it. And we would naturally want to do that as well. And when I say that to adults, they look at me like I'm a lunatic. And when I say that to kids, they're like, duh. <laughs> so it's kind of like, you know, that's to me, like, 
the exciting part. And that that's why I have that's why I'm so optimistic for the, the future, because so many people now are homeschooling their children. So many people are even if they're, they can't homeschool their children are teaching their children at home the values of liberty. And I think that was we kind of missed doing that for a couple of generations. And it's coming back now. So I see that. And it's that's very promising, because, like I said, those people before we know it, they're going to be the adults. And we want them to love liberty more than we grew up loving liberty. I mean, I actually vote. I campaigned for Obama in 2008 and I voted for Obama. I mean, I, or I started campaigning for him in 2007. And by January 2009, I said, oh, that was a big mistake. And I went online and started reading all about Ron Paul. And then I became a libertarian. <laughs> so, you know, I had to have that aha moment. But I look at these kids, look at my kids, and I look at all the kids that are growing up in this homeschooling community. And these kids don't ever have to have an aha moment because they never got that in the first place. You know, they're organically like lovers of liberty and they don't know any difference. And that's amazing. And the more people we can get in this generation that's that way, the better it's going to be in the future for all of us. Now, in the, the more earlier future, what I see that I'm looking forward to, mm, not as many things. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that's where the optimist and realist comes in. I mean, being an optimist is no fun because you really just set yourself up for a lot of disappointment. So if you're not okay with that, you have to be a realist too, or, you know, you, I don't know what you'd be like, but you have to always like tell yourself, you know, you're hoping for this because, I really do believe that, you know, if you have good thoughts, I mean, if you think it, you'll, you'll become it. I mean, I was a very competitive swimmer. I was, I went to college, I went to college on a swimming scholarship and swam all over the world, all over the country. And that was the something we always did when we trained for sports, you know, you think it and you become it. And it's, it's really true. I mean, that's, I do that in throughout my entire life. So it's natural for me to always want to think of the positive and think of the outcome I want and think it and think it and think it, because that's the way to become it. But I also know in the back of my mind the real possibilities that could come up that might set me back. I just don't spend a lot of time dwelling on them. So that might be the difference between an optimist and a pessimist. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, a, a pessimist just always tries to find the fault in everything, even the things that are good. A catastrophist is so afraid of life. You know, they typically just watch a catatonic under the covers. And uh, I, I think I've gotten better at that recently because I, I want, you know, here, here's the thing. At the beginning of 2017, I, I had this one small goal and it wasn't anything spe oddly specific, but it was, you know, I, I need to enjoy life a lot more. I need to have fun a lot more. And I don't think a lot of people, you know, they try and do things that like will entertain themselves for a few minutes or they try and go do something to kind of like distract themselves from things. But it's real. It's truly being in the moment and saying, you know, I, I need to be happy because right. ultimately it's good for your mind, body, and soul. And I mean, right. one of the things that I'm really, really excited about is, you know, within the Liberty Movement, I'm seeing a lot of people who I was just, you know, we were all just kids at the same time where we were seeing a lot of our role models growing up, like, you know, Julie Borowski, Matt Kibbe, Ron Paul, Rand, you know, um, Alexander McCobb. And we were seeing all these people rise up and talk about these things, and it's because they made it fun. And I think with, right. you know, with libertarians and conservatives, I think the problem was that's why so many people got turned off from thinking about these things is because they didn't see the fun part of it. Um, you know, whether it's backwards, putting out a Rothbardian rap album or uh, being libertarian, doing like their own, uh, you know, late night talk show thing or 
all these other fun ways to make things happen. And even just people who are entrepreneurs. I mean, it's about making freedom fun again and showing that people are better off when they pursue their happiness without trying to steal, rob, or hurt anyone else. Right. And I think that's, I mean, like to me, that's how I see that a lot. I see a lot of people having fun in the movement and a lot of people that, that are, but that's, that's why the movement kind of goes in these like ebbs and flows because there's a lot of hard workers and we have fun and we come in and we, we have fun with the party and we have fun with the movement. But you know, if you stay with that and you work that hard, it's not going to be fun anymore. So I think people need, you know, then people take a break and they take a step back and you have this lull and then, you know, you get it back. But it's really, I think a lot of people that, you know, when, when it stops being fun when you don't win a lot. So I think when you get excited about elections and you get behind candidates and you don't come out with, with a win and quotes, then you feel defeated. And that's why you just kind of have to readjust what a win's going to be. I mean, whenever we were running races here that we were starting to see, we weren't going to win, you know, we just made different benchmarks for ourselves that we would consider to win. Like if we spent you know, a dollar for every three votes and they spent $500 per, per vote, then we considered that a win, you know? <laughs> so there was bright, you had to just look at the bright side and look for the bright side of things. So that's what you need to do. Yeah. <laughs> Says Dr. Dana. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but you know, that is. Yeah. I, I guess I will. Well, I'm not really disagreeing, but the one little caveat I'll have is I, I've stopped looking at elections as the end all be all in terms of a victory because you know, I, I always like what Andrew Breitbart used to say, politics is downstream of culture. And while I know that we're definitely not there yet, we're definitely a lot better now than we were eight, you know, I'll even say 16 years ago, maybe even 20 years ago in terms of getting things happen, because the Freedom Caucus would have never been a thing. Um, right. You know, libertarians getting 3% in a for in terms of a popular vote for a presidential election will have never been a thing. People like C. Right. Michael Pickens, who are starting the liber- I mean, who are running the Libertarian Leadership Academy online, will have never been a thing. Larry Sharp would have never been a thing. Rand Paul, Ted Cruz would have never been a thing. And the right. one thing I know that I saw recently that gives me hope in humanity came from somebody that's not even political. He's probably not even a libertarian. It's this dude in Times Square who you can pay to stand in line so you can get Hamilton tickets without actually having to stand in line. And that dude has an app and a business. I mean, yeah, it's like that right there. Why didn't anyone think of that? And he's already hiring out several other people to do that. You know, it's only a matter of time before the state jumps in with some regulation. It's like, oh, all the line standards must form a union. And it's like. Exactly. And, you know, whenever you say stuff to these to these kids and to the I mean, if they don't ever know about all that bureaucracy, I mean, when you say something to them like, oh, well, you can't do that because you have to get a license or you have to go here and get permission. And it's like permission from who? And I'm like, exactly. <laughs> permission from who? That's the right answer, kids. Because, <laughs> you know, that just doesn't make sense. And it doesn't make sense to me either. And I, I, they're right. And I, I would love I love seeing that all, the, you know, it's, like you said, it's coming up. And I think that I think that we are going to keep seeing more of it as time comes. It's just, it's not going to be quick. A lot of people want quick fixes and, you know, they want their, like, that rush right now. And it's not, it doesn't happen that way. That's just not reality. Exactly. And, you know, it's like you said about, about going out and being happy and, like, doing stuff that, you know, that's, that's pure freedom. I mean, last year, or no, two years ago, time's just flying by. <laughs> two years ago when I had my son, I had him at home. I home birthed him. And, oh, my gosh, I didn't realize how much 
issue, how many issues that was going to cause with all the establishments around, <laughs> like the doctor's offices, the state, the health insurance. I mean, everyone. It was just kind of like, even when I had to take him to a pediatrician, I now take him to a holistic doctor where I have to pay out of pocket because nobody wanted to take a home birth baby. I mean, it was absurd. The state is so involved in every aspect of our life that even when you want to choose something like that, it may, they make it so hard to get out of it. And when you realize that, it really wants you just, you really want to just get the state out of every part of your life. And that's why I decided I would for sure homeschool the next year because <laughs> I was like, you know what? I don't want to, and even in here in Florida, by the time that your child's seven, they have to be enrolled in school or they're their truant. But, you know, there's luckily there's people before me that have set up, found all the loopholes perfectly <laughs> so I can just shoot the ball right through them. But, you know, like I said, that wasn't around maybe even five years ago that there was this community all set up to show you the way to avoid the state. So everywhere that you see, you know, there's people working on it and we're, we're getting there. Exactly. I think it's more good news than bad news. Yeah. But I'm the optimist. So. <laughs> not strange <laughs> uh it it's 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 worth folks especially the other pessimists out there it's worth trying i mean the worst you could do is you know actually i i don't really think there's anything worse than trying to be happy i think it's better to try and maybe you know have some pitfalls here and there maybe not be pleased immediately but you know i i think it's worth it especially as we try you know within like-minded activists and rabble rousers and movers and shakers that's why i think it's so important to try and make freedom fun again because that's what makes everything worth it for sure and that's why i love doing stuff like this and coming on shows like this and talking to you when i get to talk to other people who are out there spreading the message and getting stuff done it's good for the soul you know oh definitely it's you, you know sometimes running a show you just want to like bang your head against the wall and throw your equipment all around but then it's like the best education it's the best networking it's the best laugh you'll get all week i mean it's it's worth it and that's that's why i keep doing it and that's why i'm glad to see so many other people doing what they're good at and doing what makes them happy because ultimately it's good for everyone when people see that some people are doing something that might not even be explicitly political or one thing or another but they're showing that these principles and these ideas live when you actually act upon them. And because it's not only political, it's social as well. I mean, it's a political movement as much as it's a social movement. And, you know, it takes it takes all kinds, even the ones that we were talking about in the beginning and all that. I mean, everyone needs to come together. Fascists at the end don't of it. like fun. Let's just say that. Fascists no, don't yeah, like fun. Yeah, right. That, that's a bumper sticker right there. <laughs> <laughs> Fascists don't like fun. That should be the name of this episode. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We're going to do that. That's it. Fascists don't like fun. Bingo. That's it. Done. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Dana, it's it's been great having you on for our season finale. Um, you know, if people want to catch up with you online, learn more about Florida Libertarian Pack and everything else, how can they do so? Well, they can find me on Facebook. I have a page and a profile. It's Dana Moxley Cummings. And we also have the Florida Libertarian Pack Facebook page. It's FLPAC and come and find us and i would encourage you to also come and find the libertarian party of florida page because there's always drama going on here <laughs> <doesn't> like follow <laughs> that oh, <laughs> it's perfect. for florida come on people each time i see something crazy on the news it always starts recently in florida and i'm like oh that's this that's how i know something's gonna be crazy right now it. every time i see something crazy too i'm like oh god and then i see like a police at the end of my street <laughs> i'm like oh it's right there 
Oh my lord. Anyway, Dana, great. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was a lot of fun and absolute blast. Thank you so much for having me. Anytime, I'll love to talk your ear off again. (laughs) Perfect. Anyway, folks, you heard her. We're going to take a break for about a month and a half, but we'll be back on July 5th. And, you know, the day after Independence Day, I think that's important because everyone loves liberty. Everyone loves the country. Everyone loves each other and barbecue and football and everything on Independence Day. But we chose July 5th because what matters is that taking that feeling of having fun and being free past independence day and having fun and i hope you guys will join us once again after all our goal as always is to make freedom fun again but if you really want to help us out now well what's one thing you could do you could subscribe to the show on itunes soundcloud stitcher google play and check out our networks liberty.me studio player fm the self-defense radio network and so many more and if you can't find the one you like go ahead and check us out at remsorepublic.com slash podcast as always Be good to your neighbor, treat yourself, and tune in when we come back for Season 3, Making Freedom Fun Again. Good night, America. Stay connected to Liberty's Rabble Rouser on Facebook and Twitter to stay up to date with the latest episodes, blogs, and other available content. What are you waiting for?